0: Now back to Fitness Fanatics on 93.7 a ticket and the ticketfm.com.
1: Welcome back to the Fitness Fanatics. We're joined by Dave Kovar. He is out in Sacramento, California. Got up early this morning. But like I said that at the beginning, and Nicole's probably like, he probably got up before we did. Are you an early riser?
0: I am an early riser. I'm at the gym at five. If I, if I was in your program, I'd be at the 5 a.m. class.
1: Well, we have a 4 a.m. class.
0: Yes, we do. Oh, I probably wouldn't be at that one. <laughs> so, yes. yes. I got to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> yeah. we, we If we had
1: a 3 a.m. class, people would probably Someone would show, show up. up to work out at 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah. So but... four is where we
0: k- cut the, the k- line. K- but with the 3 a.m. class, is it at the end of the day or the beginning right. of the day? Right. I don't yeah. know. Are they, are, they, are they leaving the clubs and showing up to work <laughs> yeah. out? Or are yeah. they getting up <laughs> no. super
2: early? That's part of the reason why we would never entertain a 3 a.m. class. Well,
1: our new our new gym, our new location is right is kind of right by a bar. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> some people might just roll on in maybe. and work out, maybe. I don't know. But, All right. Well, I'm okay. going to turn this segment over to you, Nicole. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I wanted to tell you my story because I'm sure you like hearing about this stuff. And I think about it still. A lot and I you know and I don't remember the whole the I think it was this it was the one where you got your bag so that one I think that was the second time was that the second time you came to an, an extravagant or a corporate event I feel like for Farrell's that so you got that backpack the so the one where you got the backpack. oh
0: yeah I got my bag, I my bag. that was the last time yeah I, yes so I got the- Bag yeah so
2: time. it was at that one and you were talking about I'm sure it's about being grateful or something and you were talking about how when you open up your studio or you go into one of your gyms and you put your key in the door and you turn the lock and you th- yeah. are thankful and grateful so if you remember kind of tell that story because that sticks with me I think about that at least I mean at least once a week when I'm unlocking the door I think about that story so if you want to go expand on that
0: yeah so there's there, there's a very famous martial artist uh, in, the, in the martial arts world. You, everybody knows of a guy named Benny Orchides. Benny the Jed is
2: Oh, hold on. We lost you. We lost audio on Dave.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, I think his Wi-Fi might be kicking out a little bit here.
2: Oh, he. Okay. <clears throat> so uh...
1: Just fill time until hopefully get okay. connection back and then I might <laughs> have to message right. him.
2: Oh, he's still talking. We just can't hear
1: we can't hear him anymore. yeah okay give me one second okay.
0: and then he started to proceed to telling uh, uh, benny how rough business is and how hard it is to be successful and you know he's doing his best but it's and so benny the jet goes timeout. he goes here's what you got to do i'll consider I'll consider coming to your school and teaching, but this is what you got to do. For the next week, you got to, when you show up to your school, you got to put the key in the door. And before you open the door, you got to take a breath and you got to think, wow, I remember the first time I was uh, ever got the lease on this, how excited I was. And then after you spend a second remembering that, walk through your school like it's the first time and remember all the memories and how appreciative you were when it first happened. And if you do that every day for a week, call me back and let me know how you feel. And and I'll consider it. And of course, Farbors calls me after a week, saying, "Man, I did this, and I can't believe how it changed me." And so I've been doing that ritual ever since. And so it used to be I have this. uh Our headquarters school. We have a chain of schools in in Sacramento. Our headquarters school is a very large building. It's about almost fourteen thousand square feet. It's two stories, and and it's where our we have a martial arts school, and also our corporate offices up above. And before this, I would like open up the key, go upstairs, and do my thing. And now what I do is I walk through that building and I take it in and I remember all the amazing memories and especially the feeling I had when we first, because it's also I own the building, right? When we first bought that building and, and how amazing it felt. And what happens when I do that, it just puts the whole day in perspective. It's like all of all of a sudden, that's, the challenges that are inevitably going to come are just easier to deal with.
2: Yeah, I really like that message. And I I think when Chip was on, we kind of talked about that too and how that can translate to everyone's individual fitness journey too about you know the newness wears off of anything owning a business the newness wears off starting a fitness program the newness everything Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so that that story is so applicable to anybody who owns a business any a restaurant anything but Mm -hmm. it's also so important for people who are walking into the gym and you you kind of take that for granted. You take your ability to just do that for granted. And then you can think back to the first day you walked in for your workout and didn't know anything or, you know,
0: So, so you see it, you see people that are are maybe not, not far as far along as they want to be, but you have to remind them, Hey, you lost 40 pounds, you know, you lost X number of, you know, pounds in body fat. And it's like, oh yeah, sometimes we forget how much progress we've done. And this is really important is, is, is that we kind of, whenever we can, you, take someone down memory lane so they can see the progress they made. Yeah. Because when you can see the progress you've made already, that gives you more uh, power for the future, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and and so, and then of course, you know, just the ability to be uh, maintaining is gaining, you know, and, and what, what I mean by that is just continuing to show up, you know, because how do you stay, you don't, you don't get motivated, uh, you know, you, you motivation follows action. You get into a routine. And with that routine, uh, uh, you know, then you're more likely to stick it out than if you're hit and miss.
2: Yeah, yep, yeah, I know. And that's the really hard part for us, you know, as as fitness owners and for you too. You see that, you know, people come in and their spark their eyes are sparkling and everything is incredible and amazing and they you know, and then something just things start chipping away, life chips away, expectations aren't managed properly. So what, what kind of advice do you give people when So I think they hit I think that the wall? first
0: thing? Yeah. I think the first thing is, is one of the things we talk a lot about is what we call the mastery mindsets. And it's a way of looking at the life. And let me just kind of let back up a little bit and share a story with you. So years ago, I had this student. Her name was Terry Poxon and Terry trained with me for 20 years. And about 10 years into her training, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I remember and the continu- story I when you yes, said and that. She, yeah. <laughs> yes. And she Well, she continued to train with me for 10 years after that. And as she did, her body deteriorated, but her spirit was just super strong. And one time, about five years into, her diagnosis. She was, uh, 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 she was sitting down after class and we had a super hard workout and she was having a hard time moving. And I felt, man, I, I wanted to do something to help. I didn't know what to do. And I went up to her and, and I said, hey, Terry, is there anything you do to make it better? And, and she responded with one of the most profound things I've ever heard. She looked at me and she said, Dave, I know I can make it better because I can make it worse. Right, mm-hmm. and and with the concept of you know you can't just you, can you get in worse shape you know that can you make your health wor- health worse then you it can't just have it one way if you can make something worse by default you can make it better mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so it's it's, it's so but uh, the reason why we we view things a certain way because we all have a series of mindsets or beliefs about how the world works and how we work in it and they're based on the experiences we have or the education we receive. Or the environment we're raised in. And and some of our experiences are powerful and serve us well, and others not so much. So, so let me let's imagine uh, you're in third grade and you're transferred to a new school. And the very first day of, of school, you're uh, during recess, you're asked to run a foot race with two other kids. And unbeknownst to you, you're they're the two slowest kids in third grade and you end up coming in first place easily. Your perception of how fast you are as a runner is completely different now for probably for the rest of your life than if you've been paired off with two of the fastest kids and you came in third place yeah, right yeah. so these are the kind of perceptions that, that shape the trajectory of our life but they're not always based in reality like for example when my when my mom was uh, in first grade she was told stand in the back of the choir and don't sing too loud you don't have a very good voice and she actually has a pretty good voice but she never sang at all growing up up until dementia took her her, uh, her inhibitions away the last couple of years of her life and. She sang all the time. And here's the deal. She had a pretty good voice, Mm -hmm. but she missed out on 87 years of singing because of something someone told her one time. And I share this story. I promise this is going somewhere with fitness. Okay. All right. So, so the thing, the first thing that we have to do, so the, the, the mindset the very first one is I take great care of myself because the world needs me at my best. Mm -hmm. And, and what this is, is so we can decide how we want to view things. Well, it just takes a conscious effort to kind of kickstart it. Right. And so the first thing that, that I really try to share people coming into our program is that, that, you know, if you want to be good for the people in your world, you got to be you, know, you got to take care of yourself. You know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a quote that goes like this. Those who have their health have a thousand goals. Those that don't have but one. Right. And, you know, when you're stressed out, sick, injured, angry, you're not as good for you. I, I don't know about I'm not a I'm not as good of a boss or a, a husband or a father or a training partner when I'm not feeling good about myself. And so it starts with the, the like programming, helping people see the mindset of how. Being healthy and fit is so good for the people in their world because a lot of times I might not do it for myself, especially we see this more probably with moms than dads, right? They put themselves way back. I, you know, I don't have time. I got all these uh, commitments and they realize if they take care of themselves, they're going to be a better mom. They're going to be a, you know, they're going to be better for everyone else. So I think that's a super important perspective to help people kind of get their head around.
2: Yeah, that's really important because, well, just in the last week, we've had a lot going on. So we ended a session, our um, we ended like a fit challenge. We ended the session. We had a party. We're moving gyms. We have a lot going on and Jeff does not handle stress very well. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> the, the past two days have been very trying for you. Right. as only a
0: wife can say, <laughs> I know,
2: I know, but it's true and everybody knows it. So there's been a couple times where Jeff like literally cannot remember, like he couldn't remember who our guest was last week and it was his friend. Yeah, like <laughs> he couldn't remember. And so he
0: is throwing you under the bus, man. No, That's okay. it's
2: fine. We've been married for 25, 24 years. <laughs> Almost 25 yeah, years
1: yeah. So <laughs> yeah. People who listen to the show expect this to happen. Yeah. This yeah. is not
2: me being mean. I'm telling the truth. I'm sorry. I no, can't it is true. Right. <laughs> see,
1: but I can remember who the starting quarterback was in a football <laughs> game 30 years ago, but I couldn't remember who was on our right. show. Five yeah. days previous. But
2: my point is, not just to give you a hard time, when you were saying that, Dave, it made me think, wow, I can't imagine how you could ha- would handle stress now, like, if you weren't, if you didn't have the outlet of exercise also, right. like right. you, you you know, for you. Some people don't handle stress very well, and you've had, a, we've had a lot, and just a lot going on, which it's is stressful. Good, good
1: stress. Right,
2: yeah, yeah. But it's true because it's like you still need that outlet. Sometimes you need your, I tell our members whenever they're, when they're proud of themselves or when like family members or people question why they're so dedicated to what they're doing, you know, and I'm like, sometimes you just need your outside to match your inside. Like you need, you're mentally exhausted. You kind of need to become physically exhausted to balance that out. Like, you know, and I think that that's really important.
0: Well, you know, it's it's uh, uh, one of the things about stress that, you know, stress is inherently neither good or bad. It just is right. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how we look at things. And this has to do with the mindset. So I want you for just a second to imagine, uh, depending on who you talk to, like uh, Charles Darwin's claimed that there was 34 emotions. Some studies say there's seven core emotions. A recent study by Cal Berkeley say identified 24 different emotions. I share this with you because, however many there are, you can break them into four categories. So, general categories. Number one, let's imagine emotions that are fused with energy, like high energy emotions and low energy emotions, and positive and negative. So, let's imagine for a minute, uh, energy fueled from positive, a f- f- fuel from negative emotion. W- what do you think of high charged negative emotion? Give me, give me a, a word. Football. <laughs> okay, no, I'm talking specifically like like uh anger, like, like, anger. Right. There yeah. we go. Yeah, anger. Uh, jealousy, frustration. Arrange. Yeah, yes, frustration. You got that. So that's energy yeah. charged from negative emotion. Yes. Okay, so now let's think about energy. Low energy, negative emotion. Give me a definition. Give me like a word.
2: Exhaustion.
0: Exhaustion. You know, or depressed. Just, right. Bored, yeah. Yeah. Lethargic. Okay. Yes. Now let's think energy fused from positive emotion with encouragement. With,
2: I think encouragement, enc- right? So people excited, yeah.
0: enthusiastic. Uh, what about in a low, low positive?
2: Low, po- well, rested.
0: Rested, serene, <laughs> yes. calm, meditative. Here's my point on this. Yeah. Is that what's important is that, is to understand is that, by the way, we've all been angry and, and use that anger uh, to get some work done. Mm-hmm. You guys know what I'm saying? Yes. But high negative is not where you want to live your life. And, mm-hmm. and, and the, the secret to high performance is energy fuel from positive emotion. What that means is when you're in that, uh, you want to have mental clarity, physical energy, and emotional calm. It's kind of being in flow state or zone or something like that. I share this with you because sometimes uh, what happens is if we don't consciously, what goes up must come down. And, and if I want to be enthusiastic, <laughs> if I want to be perform at a high level, then I have to take low positive i have to in other words i have to make sure that i'm doing something calm and quiet uh, that that'll help me stay on that side so to speak but i share this because jeff what i was going to refer to when it comes to stress is effort plus negative emotion equals struggle and stress mm-hmm. okay effort connected with positive emotion, as we call the word Satori, it made that it's, it's flow state. And so the key is just—it sometimes it's never this easy, but it starts with just kind of a take a breath and, and remind yourself what you're appreciative and excited about, and then take all that energy and channel it that way. And all of a sudden you're generally more productive and you have funner doing it too, and you're yeah. funner to be around.
2: It reminds me of that. And I don't know, but Jeff, maybe you know where it comes from, but Jeff's dad used to say this to, to Jeff a lot or in sales or whatever about being a thermostat not a thermometer you say, you say that yeah all but the time. i say it because you need to hear it but i don't remember where it came from like do you know what it was it, uh, in a book
1: uh, well my dad was a, he was he a was thermometer. a thermometer for sure <laughs> yes. i don't know if he would tell me that
2: he would because he would expect other people <laughs> well, yeah no, right he, was a thermometer. He, he wouldn't put he it was on not himself a but that's true yes. though because a thermostat controls the environment where a therm- thermometer just does has nowhere to go but like to be controlled by their environment like so if you're in a hot environment, you're just getting hotter, 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 hotter. So being a thermostat, not a thermometer, I thought think that's a good kind of way to think about it, too. When I say that, I try not to say that to you anymore because it doesn't work. And it just makes you mad. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know? Then I go from a thermostat to a thermometer.
2: You go th- to a thermometer <laughs> breaking open to the top like, Phew. Oh. That's not like good. Like a volcano. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. That's not good. <laughs> So we do still have a little bit of time, but I wanted to Jeff, you're always really good about this. If we have anybody that has any questions or wants to text in, you know, just any struggles that they might be having, maybe get a little bit different perspective.
1: Yeah, you could text us on the starter Heyman text line 402, or four six four five four oh two. See, this is me. I'm just usually
2: you're really good at four oh two four six
1: four five six eight five. Or text or you, in. Or you can message us. We're on YouTube, Twitch. Uh, Twitter and Facebook. So you can message us on there as well as we go along.
2: And then I was looking at, Dave, this is the one note that I made because I knew we were going to be able to have lots of things to talk about. But my one note was um, you have a blog and one of your blog posts is titled You Don't Have to Mow the Lawn. We say right. this, we say, I use this a lot for dishes, actually, when I'm talking to people, even though I don't do dishes, Jeff does, but generally, but, but if you, do you want to kind of share kind of what that,
0: yeah that story, absolutely. it yeah. really, it really it really sums up the concept of self-discipline mm-hmm. so uh it's 1970 my family just moved from uh, from montana to california i summer of fifth grade I, I get a new chore and that's mowing the lawn and i get i'm getting allowance for it and we had a pretty big lawn and and it was pretty cool man the first time i did it i loved that i had such a good time and the second time it was not as much fun and by about the t- eighth time now here it is it's the end of summer and i'm done i, I did not want to do this anymore and i go up to my father and I think it's going to be that easy, right? Like he's going to let me off the hook or something. I, I go up to my father. I go, Dad, I don't want to mow the lawn anymore. And he looked at me and he said, "Son, you don't have to mow the you don't have to want to mow the lawn anymore. You just have to mow it." Mm-hmm. And it was like this, just so you know. That's really that really sums up self discipline, right? You know what I mean? It's like it's like uh, you know you don't uh, you're doing what you don't want to do. And you know what I think is interesting? How many guys have ever heard a little kid say, "You're not the boss of me." Right, mm-hmm. we've heard that line before at some time or another. But what's interesting is, is yeah, I'd like to think I'm the boss of me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and and that, but here's the deal: if I give in to that voice in my head that says I don't want to, I'm a little tired, or you know, I got a hangnail, I don't want to work out today because you know I'm well. Then guess what? I'm not the boss of me. I'm giving into my. Into my I don't want to, and I don't you know, don't feel like it's right. Mm -hmm. And so I I think what's really important with the concept, you don't have to want to mow the lawn is, is what you should do and what you are doing or, and what you want to do are sometimes different, right? In other words, you want to do this, but you should do this. And the key thing, sometimes they line up. Okay. Sometimes what you want to do, what you should do, and you are doing all match up. But a lot of times what you want to do and what you should do are different. And the key thing is to always, you know, Uh, do what you should do, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think that the the emphasis on this and the reason why people are are not successful initially is they set themselves up for failure by demanding too much too soon. You know what I'm saying? So what you want to do is kind of ease into the habits. And then over time, all of a sudden you're living a completely different lifestyle.
2: Yeah. Well, and because the funny thing is we talk about this with our son too. Um, you know, at that time, that's the only thing that you had to do that you didn't want to do. you know so it's like sure. it, it was such an, a powerful thing for you to learn at that age because it'll you only have more things that you're not going that you have to do that you don't sure. want to do as you get older. So I think that's kind of important. And you know
1: We kind of use the same reference as our, our members will say, well, and you probably hear this too, I'm not motivated to come to the gym today. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not motivated to do the dishes yeah. to do the laundry. <laughs> To go to work, you do it because you have to, right? Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to do the laundry because it's
2: a priority,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's not even. A, you just have to do
2: it. Well, you don't have to. Oh
1: okay, yes, you don't have to do. <laughs> you don't have to ever do you don't your have dishes. To do. Yeah, I mean, ever do your laundry. Well, <laughs> you can at just some keep point, buying new clothes.
2: Okay, but you can. You can do the laundry like, okay, you have this giant pile of laundry and I can do one load of laundry to get me through for two days. Yes. You know what I mean? Or you would stay up on it and then it's easier or to do. you could
1: wash a fork and a plate yeah. and then just keep using it. Well, it's thing. true. You could. But you're not... You- the, it's
2: like when you do the dishes, but then you don't like clean anything up else around it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's <laughs> you know? true.
2: So you, you don't have to, it's, just, that's, that's t- different. That's your effort.
1: You're not motivated. Oh,
2: hundred percent. No, that is but true. You
1: do it because you have to. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not motivated to go to work, but you go to work because you, Yeah. well, then you could say, well, you don't have to, you could just get fired. Right. <laughs> you could. But no, you go. Cause you have to. <laughs> you could.
2: Yes. That's and your different.
1: body's the same way. Yeah. You I agree. To. So the
0: key yeah. is, is to be doing it long enough to where you instinctively like, you know, I mean, you got, you see it in your, in your, 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 you know, customers when you're, is that once they get in the habit, then it becomes a lot easier. So it's really, you know, self-discipline get helps you develop the habit. Once you have it, uh, you know, then, then it doesn't take as much self-discipline. It's just a matter of being consistent.
2: That's right? true. I know I, you know, as much as people lean on motivation, I don't like that word. And I think anything that you're going to say about motivation, you need to replace that with discipline. Um, It's just that it's so important, like you said, that that Mm -hmm. habit is what is going to keep you going. Once it becomes a habit, you're not going to get tripped up about little things that might happen where you're, again, like I said, your expectations aren't aligned with what you're doing, but it's still a habit. And then you get out of that habit and you realize, wow, you know, once you're out of it and you remember being able to like run up a flight of stairs and feel great and then you start to get out of that habit and you're going up the stairs and you're getting out of breath and you're like wow what's going on you know well it's because you got out of your habit of taking care of yourself um but then it's kind of like now you're at the bottom looking up and like oh i don't know if i can do this again i think that kind of keeps people from from their goals sometimes but yeah yeah so what do you say? What's your advice for someone who maybe has unrealistic ex- expectations, Dave? Like, what, you know, what would set you say? Yourself,
0: here, here's an example. You know, like, like if, if let's just say uh, uh, yeah, I haven't worked out in years, okay, and I need to start working out. And uh, one of the things that you want to do is is set yourself up for success by setting realistic goals. And what does that mean? Like, for example, I, I'm sure you see people that, that normally get up at seven and they say they're going to make the, the, the 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. class and they're. It's hard to do that. That's a whole new habit. So they'd be better off making a class that fits into their their you know schedule, so to speak, and then they can eventually get there. But let's imagine that that I haven't worked out in years, and I I, I said I'm going to make the five a.m. class. There's a good chance that I might make it the first two or three days, and it's going to get really hard because I haven't. It's too extreme of a difference, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I get up, I decide. All right, man, I'm going to get up. 10 minutes early. I'm going to walk around the block twice and I'm going to commit to doing that for a week. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or, uh, and then over time, what happens is, is that you've developed this habit and and then it becomes easier to stick out. uh, uh and, but I think it goes back to when I was talking earlier about it, I take great care of myself because the world needs me at my best is that to try to link the importance of how their, their fitness, their health and their fitness has such an effect on their family. And, and now I'm not just doing it for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm visualizing, I want to be there for my, my kids when I'm older. And all of a sudden that adds a little extra incentive for me to be consistent or, you know, to start making it habit. And once it's habit, then of course, it's just a matter of guarding the habits. Cause here's the, the interesting thing with, with time, uh, um, uh, good habits are your ally over time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad habits over time are your enemy. So it's a matter of, you know, what can I do today? That's going to make me, my, my future self is going to appreciate
2: yeah, that's really hard. I think that's really a good message for people right now who are like even starting our session at the end of Jan or in January where like, what can you do now? Like we yeah, have, maybe you are a January New Year's resolution person, but if you do want to be that early riser, maybe now is the time you start, like you said, getting up 10 minutes earlier, what? 10 minutes earlier. What?
0: you guys probably know this better than me but you know that most people gain their weight between halloween and yeah. new year's mm-hmm. right that's when it happens right. and so let's just say i i'm slowly over time i'm gaining what it was the average adult gains two pounds a year something like that uh, uh and so if i can just start the first year the first of the year off at the same way i was in, yeah. in october i'm good right, right. yeah and so i think what some people do is they just go oh, what the heck i'll worry about it after the first year let me yeah. where's that cheesecake you know oh, absolutely. and and if you can just <laughs> uh you know my kind of thing with it and uh is you know if you're gonna if you like cheesecake okay have it but just have it in smaller portions less often mm-hmm. you know you know on on your on your treat day or whatever you you know to, to where uh uh You don't have to deprive yourself. It's just a matter of of, of setting your priorities correctly, you know. So I know a lot of people go, oh, you know, I just I just love chocolate cake. It's okay, great. You know, just have it less often in smaller portions. Can I do I have time for a quick story? Well,
2: let's go ahead and go take a break and then we'll pick up with that. Yes. Yeah. This is a perfect time. So keep it in your brain.
1: All right. We'll be right back. All right. I got it. Dave Cover on 93.7 The Ticket.